Chad and I joked about a segment called uh, Chad named it Donuts with Devlin, and uh, it was a uh, a weekly or bi-weekly or whatever report, and it could be a, a review on anything. Uh, but we were sitting there but talking you have donuts, donuts while you do it, huh? Yeah, that was that Dude, was the I thing. On, the, I want to be in on the, that. The yeah. thing was, we were sitting. It was we just played at Molly McGuire's. We, and we stopped at Dunkin' Donuts. We home. Brian Vogel and his girlfriend were there, and we we're just goofing around. And Patrick's with every donut he goes, he picks it up and he he, he comments, did a little review on each donut. Like, yeah. Before he t- t- like, he'd look at it, he'd say something, and he'd take a bite, and he'd say something else. And we were cracking up. And I said, he said, this could be a like a access TV show <laughs> before exactly. before YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then the 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 punchline was sometimes you, you sometimes maybe you don't even say anything you're just eating donuts yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyway now are we rolling are we rolling oh, we've been rolling yeah oh for God Jesus sake. take back everything I said about never mind yeah <laughs> that thing I said earlier too yeah. late <laughs> Slappercast episode number 73 mm. and uh, here Eric Hughes Eric C. Hughes sorry Jesus <laughs> Patrick Devlin and myself. Patrick Jesus Devlin. Sits. <laughs> Collectively, we are known as blackguards. I never say that in the show. We never say it. That's nice. Maybe we should say I it. I say it all the time. Do you? Yeah, you yeah. just cut it out. Look at you all back in all surprise. Oh, really? <laughs> Duty. <laughs> Erase. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. I'll just yeah. take that out. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So as, as, as I'm sure all of you already know, <laughs> the shutdown in Texas was reinstated this week. Bars were ordered to shut down at noon. Yesterday, this is Saturday when we're recording this. It'll be Tuesday when you hear it. So, yes. uh, once again, <laughs> things have kind of been turned on. Yeah, it's yeah, we just went in reverse for a little while. Once again, yeah. 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 Oh, 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 oh! You missed that last turn. Oh, you know, let's just reverse. We'll just yeah. go back up here. Should so, we just replay this lappercast from March twenty yeah. fourth? There we go. <laughs> so can, the, can we do that? Yeah. Let's take the day off. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good night. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for showing up. Um. Yeah, boy, what the difference a, a week can make, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we saw the we saw the numbers rising. We saw the the no, no, no. It's going to be okay. It's going to be good. Well, that's not that's not that looks like progress, but that's not progress. You want the stock market to do that, not you, not the the bad health reports. Um, yeah, uh, God, yeah. So thanks, Chad. Just start off in the ditch. <laughs> um, it, it's it's uh, yeah. So so we've we've now been canceled for we were talking with the Iowa Irish Festival and they have canceled their uh uh the governor had pulled the plug on all so they, they did the, they know they did the right thing and they were upset and uh at first friday in Bryan Texas they did the same thing they they rightfully pulled the plug on it and uh i i i spoke yesterday with Brian uh, and with the first Friday people, and they were extremely upset that it was it was gone. She, she was just 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 a delight to talk to, but also I didn't know. Like, they told us that it was the ours was one of the best uh, attendance attended shows that they ever oh, had. Yeah. She said yesterday. She said it was by far. So I was wow. just, I was nice. delighted, but what? also I told her I said you know the first the first chance in twenty twenty one. Put us on it. We'll or, just yeah. we'll just make it. Yeah. We'll make it work. So we were talking before the cameras started rolling, before the tape started rolling about when you know. Of course, you know how long is a piece of string, right? I don't know. We we're talking about what 
possible dates we could be coming back now. And it looks now like maybe September, you know, so maybe may late August or yeah. I don't know. We're, we're, we're waiting to hear from Sturgis. Uh, we're Sturgis still has not canceled. And we, uh, we, we spoke moments ago about uh, amongst ourselves about if the, if we can be safe and do it, if we can be safe and keep other people safe and do, you know, we would do it. But at, at this point, at this stage, it looks like nothing is going to go forward until, mm. because I don't know if, uh, South Dakota wants Texans coming in there. If, <laughs> if our numbers are so high, you know, for sure, you know, so, so we don't know and nobody knows. And the last thing you want to hear about, I'm sure on any podcast is, the fucking virus. So I, 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 I vote that we move right along. Let's move along. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, did we mention the pirate festival though? Did, did we say that? Didn't, did not mention that. Yeah. No. So that, that was going to be in July and that's now been rescheduled until September 19th. 19th uh, Three Saturday. days after my birthday. Yeah. What? Oh yeah. September 16th. Well, you'll still be drunk. So that'll be really, yeah, well, it'll work out. Yeah. It'll just, it'll just, we'll just slide on in. You'll just be right in the pillaging. Oh man. Pinnacle of the, party rhyming and stealing yeah like the beastie boys <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so happy birthday i know i won't remember so. well, i'll remind you you'll, 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 you'll be reminded you'll know uh, you'll know plenty of we also want to thank one of our one of my dear family members i got two pounds of our favorite coffee delivered yesterday kathy thank you oh so cool we're uh we are we are giddy with coffee we are imbibing and, yes as we speak uh huh. Of course, drinking Port Alley, I assume. Number yeah. five. Yep. Very nice. So it was just a delight. She warned me. She said, "There's something coming." Ah, oh, hate mail, and uh, not at all. <laughs> Letter bomb. Delicious. Yeah. Delicious. Delicious. Seattle's best coffee. And thank. We've had a lot. Of, and also, we want to thank Greg Fugate as well. Greg, you know what you did. Yeah. And, uh, we do thank not. You, we really are uh, so lucky to have the people in our family and our friends and on our, you know, immediate, you know, uh, I'm not sure what he did. Yeah. But Greg, I want you to know that I'm not wearing a hat. In in your honor. He gave us a little. Thank you. Yeah. 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 As soon as it hit, it arrived on the thing. I said, Greg, he's he's just big as heart. I haven't got a notice about that. I wonder why. I know. Interesting. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Hat <laughs> fund. Yeah. He messaged me too when it was announced that the, the pirate festival was being rescheduled without comment. He sent me the rescheduling. So, oh yeah. Yeah, I know. You okay. <laughs> and he said, I was just about to take time off for work for that. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, Plan ahead. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we're just, you know, I had, we're so grateful to everybody for, for, for everything. Cause this has been a, this has been a, a, a true, I, I just said we wouldn't talk about it anymore, but, the 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 communal the communal for for the most part you know for the most part without the you know I'm not wearing a mask but for the most part everybody has been really been pulling together well and helping each other and it's it's, it's beautiful to see and, you know, yeah so yeah well thank we want to thank you all for sticking mm-hmm. with us and oh and the other thing is too so we're back in the studio uh, and when I say back in the studio because mm-hmm. every single window that we get. We you know it's you know, everything over the you know three three four minute window. We'll we'll take it. Anything you got, we we jump in the studio and we've had. So I re, I was reminded today that we said that we were going to be releasing some clips. Well, we were we we didn't have any time last week to to get in the studio, so we didn't get in. So 
uh, hopefully we're going to be back this week to do a couple of, uh, a couple of little, uh, little pieces. And, uh, but, but I, I do want to, I do want to put some clips on there from, from some of the stuff. There's been some really, really fun. fun. Yeah. I've got tons of footage too. I've been, I've been documenting pretty much every session. So yeah. Even when he hasn't had anything to do with the studio, he brings the camera and he sets up and does his thing. And so it's, it's a, and it's also a really, really good way to make Paul put his pants back on. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. He's wearing a mask though, but just not pants. Yeah. So (laughs) thanks a lot. There's that mask. (laughs) Yeah, make sure of that. Although when I was in there with Alan, he was wearing pants. Oddly enough, really. Well, he everybody has to wear pants around. But no Alan. shirt. So hey, I yeah. mean, it's just you know, yeah. you, you take your wins when you can. Yeah, you when know? you got nipples the size of, size of dinner plates, you got to wear it. You know, got to wear a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, we we let off last week's show. You mentioned that briefly, and we never got back to it. The what what you were you were in the studio with Alan recently well, i was gonna tell my wildcatter story too there we and the wildcat here story. we yes. go okay what should we start with i'd say segment a story segment a so alan hill uh our friend of ours alan has been he's been on the show yeah. i think a while ago right yes he has uh, buddy alan hill i've been playing with all him over for, the map for 16 years now yikes um he uh he, he put out an album out uh last fall and uh, or last year i think and he's been kind of sp- sporadically writing songs and wanting to record them. So he had a new song, although I'm sorry, I really can't tell you what it's called because I totally forgot. Um, but, um, and uh, so what he does is he has this like little cheesy drum machine at home that actually doesn't sound like <clears throat> terrible drum wise, but some of the, some of the, some of the patterns that are programmed in it are kind of weird. And so he kind of came up with this thing and, uh, and it kind of reminded me of uh uh, and don't don't laugh, but it kind of reminded me of a combination of one of my favorite songs, my favorite song of all time, the go 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 ga, beginning to be my baby by the Ronettes, and also the 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 verse drums to uh, Journey's uh, "Don't Stop Believing." That's kind of what my mind went to when I heard this drum machine play the opening lick to this thing, and the guitars come in, you know, almost like claves in the background, you know. Da, 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 bon, da, 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 you know, that's what I hear in my head anyway. But anyway, the song is about, obviously it's, uh, it doesn't mention what's going on, but it's about what's going on, you know, yeah. about, 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 and basically, you know, how Alan is Alan's such a people person and he's not around people. So he's, you know, he's, he's challenged by that. And so mm-hmm. the song is about being away from people, basically not being able to see people and not knowing to see him again. So, so, um, we went, we went to the studio and it's kind of a, it is kind of a, Fun drum song because it's like go 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 come on those kind of things and it's kind of straightens out during the uh, during the uh, the chorus but so Alan was in the guitar room the little the, the Glaston yeah. room over there I was in the main room and then Paul was playing bass uh, along with us in the, in the control room and uh, a couple hours and we got it down and it actually sounds pretty cool so he's gonna re- once he gets uh, he's gonna put some more guitars on it. I'm going to go in and do some percussion-y kind of stuff on a tambourine and maybe some other stuff. And then I think he's just going to release it just like out into the ether, like one yeah. song at a time kind of thing. Good. So it's cool. It's a way to do it. Yeah. Nice. And Paul, you know, Paul's a really good bass player too. So, and, and, um, he was coming up with some cool stuff to play along with and it was neat. It was fun. Yeah. We did it on a Saturday night, got there about nine, finished up about midnight or so. It's fun. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that studio lends itself to, uh, it, it, uh, we've been in uh, like we play, we recorded in Four Eyes Studio out in Beaumont, Texas, mm-hmm. and 
just top of the line, everything just the you know, studio was second to none, but, but just very, very crisp and clear. You know, you just had, you could bring your, 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 your million recording art artists and million seller recording artists in there and they wouldn't bat an eye because it's just, it's, it's good. Paul's studio is a little bit more laid back and a little bit kind of wipe your feet when you leave kind of, but it's just, it, it lends itself to a very, very creative, very relaxed and you know, we, we've seen it in, in, in this series. Oh, let's, let's try this. We've done it. In, I think it does about every session yeah. mm-hmm. when you're listening to it and go, Oh, let's try the, Let's put the cowbell and ring and do, 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 do. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. And now that's one of my favorite parts of this. Same thing in rain or shine. It was like, let's do that. And then, Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's my favorite part of the song, but no idea beforehand. Uh, it just lends itself to that. Yeah. yeah. To, to that kind of, yeah. and I think we were a little bit, a little bit more, uh, reserved when we did four eyes and um, yeah, a li- little bit more just uptight. And plus, you know, there's a know, long drive, hundred, hundred and something miles <laughs> yeah. to the studio set yeah, up sure. all day. There's that. Yeah. yeah. Sound check all day, then record for a small window, yeah. then break down and then drive all the way back and just yeah. doesn't lend itself. Paul's yeah, is hard. I'll do credit though to Ryan, Ryan Lane Johnson who runs for four eyes. He's, he's fantastic, uh, extremely talented uh, sound engineer and mixing engineer. Uh, so if you're if you if you can make it to a studio if you're in that area or if you, you can make it work that's it's more well, he's, than worth he's the time. The, the, the guy is he, he tours the world uh, yeah. running sound for yeah. these major festivals. He's he, he's he, he's an he's a, he's an absolute beast. Mm-hmm. And we have the we a little while ago we just asked just to make sure we had him. We we asked him for the multi tracks from that session. He's like, yeah, here you go. You know, no no okay. questions asked. You know, because they were yeah. never actually. Finally, we never, he did a rough mix, which right. sounds, the rough mixes sound really good. So good. He, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't skimp on the rough mixes, but no, he's, but we never actually completed those projects. But. Uh, uh, yeah. But we've been, we've been really lucky too, even with Joe Omelchuk over at uh, RBI mm-hmm. Studios. Wizard, absolute wizard. And, and, and so easy to work with, but all said and done, you know, the, the, we're, we're at, we're at BB Gun Studios now here in Houston, Midtown Houston, and could not be happier. And I think that the, the well, I don't think that I know the quality of this. These rough mixes are better than some of the finished products I heard. I'm not just saying that for 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 Paul or for us for you know the gear and all that stuff. We you know that studio is pushing some serious uh, gear through the yeah. just just the the uh, Paul's ear and the the mixture of the 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 just easy place to record just makes it very, very conducive to a, yeah, to a, to a, I think it could be a really fun project. Yeah. Product has been, yeah. Too, so, um, so let's go. Wild I think, I think that, well, I think, well, the last thing about Paul, I think the nice thing about, I mean, any recording studio is if the engineer kind of makes you feel at ease, yeah. you know, you'll have a good session, but I think it's because we've all known Paul for so long. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how long I've known him. I met him years ago, but I, I, obviously I knew his brother, David, uh, way before that. But, um, and then the nice thing about Paul is that he's comfortable with you and he's also comfortable about saying things that will help. Yeah. Yes. He's not critical, but he'll say, yeah. Hey, you may want to try doing this on the second. Every- Cause he's got like those kind of producers ears a little bit, you know, yeah. he's an engineer, but he also kind of knows what songs are supposed to sound like. And he might say, 
come down a little bit more during the verse, or why don't we try this the second time through, or make sure that you know. And, and, and it's rare. And that's that, helpful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's rare that it's that it's not helpful. You know, I mean, everything yeah. you, you know, you chances are if somebody's coming in from a foreign place and they're giving you an idea, you really should try it. The only way, and I said this the other day to you, if we had gone in with these songs written a hundred percent, which I didn't want to do, I wanted to have them rehearsed and ready to go, which we didn't do either, but we were, we were, <laughs> but we, we, you know, we, we changed everything. Everything was changed going into the studio. Uh, personnel and song. But the other thing is too, you want that room to grow. You want that room to put in a new piece here. However, if you had gone into the, on, on just piggybacking on what you'd said about mm-hmm. Paul, the, the, if you have, if you go in with your songs ready to record and all the pieces done, which is acceptable for, for some bands, you know, if, they, if, if that's what they're, they have everything ready to go and they want to save on time and money and all that stuff. And they, and they go in and he'll, he'll, he'll back off and he will not say a word and he'll just do, do his, we, he knows with us too. He knows that we're bringing these songs in and they're jelly. Like mm-hmm. we, we, we need to form rock from this, yeah. from this. And, and it's, it's very helpful. And, and, and even if we don't use it, we've tried it yeah because it's, it's uh it's not just a really, really, uh, it, it's the rates are so reasonable and it's so comfortable that we have no problem spending a little extra yeah. time, sure. You know, going and 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 the amount of times we go, well, let's just do it again because we've done three or four songs yeah. in in a, in a in a session. Yeah, let's just play that one again. Yeah, and just see what you get, and then you get. So I love that we we're we're so frequently. He's helped me articulate myself a few times, like when you and I were in there recently, and you were we're doing we're doing the the twelve string acoustic yeah. over stuff. And uh, I said, well, what about this song? Oh yeah, yeah. And there was there was some rhythm I was trying to yeah. Then the verses like maybe it should be tighter and, and pause. Oh yeah, yeah. I got I know. And he was able to tell you because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't figure out how to articulate in, yeah. in the moment, you know, without going in there and showing it to you. But but Pat but Paul knew exactly what it was funny. What, what, we're going what he's for. talking about is so one of the songs we were recording. Mm. I couldn't hear yeah the twelve string that I was playing yeah. But I another problem with headphones. <laughs> huh? There's another problem with headphones that we were mentioning, mentioning earlier that it's easier when you can hear the room. Well, yeah. I, no, I, I couldn't, I could only hear the, the backing tracks of what I was recording. Right. So I wasn't listening to the 12. I couldn't hear it. It wasn't up enough in the mix, but I just, I'll just do it anyway. And, but that's what, that's what was happening. So the rhythm was wrong. It was, it was just, it was off a little bit. It wasn't as tight as it should have been on the, and then we switched it around. It was, it was funny though. It's, it, it's one of those places where I was like, no, I just want to hear what we're, you know what we're going to get with a different, different angle. Come at come at it a little different. It was really, it, it's so it's so enlightening. It, it's such a such a learning experience to have that kind of fall on you in 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 the moment, and then you get to play with it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So we're 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 we're, we're excited. You know, that'd be good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and there there is going to be. A lot of that stuff on Patreon. I'm behind on my Patreon duties, <laughs> but uh, do join us there. There's going to be tons of stuff. Hopefully, it'll be a regular weekly thing at some point. Because we're even after this album's out, we're still going to be doing stuff, you know, for recording single singles and yeah, so forth. Yeah, there's a lot of singles ready to go as well. Yeah, so we're, yeah, uh, putting 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 some good players on the on the side of these. So. Nice. Yes. So wildcatters. Okay. You're gonna, you're gonna wildcatters. wildcatters. So I don't know how long it's been called Wildcatters. But it was called something before then, and before then, I don't know. I, I guess it was a bar. Yeah, uh, yeah. Miles Splatters. 
What? Miles Ladders. Is that was called? No. I don't fucking know. <laughs> anyway. So what we're talking about is the bar on, on, on off I ten outside of Katy. On 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 actually on the west side of Katy. It's right before you kind of get into that curve where the where the mall is, the uh Katie Mills. Katie Mills is, yeah. And so I was playing with Jesse Dayton and we were we got hired to come down there and play this thing. And I'm like, what is it? He's like, Oh, it's like a like a biker party. Oh great. Because we did a lot of those in that band. A lot of biker parties, a lot of car shows. We did a lot of those. Um and so uh we're like, Okay, cool and and so we drove down there and I think it was me and Jesse and Rick Watson was playing bass with us at the time. And I don't know if Nathan Fleming, who was the steel player, came with us or not. He might have came separately. But so you so you get off the highway, you're on the access road, you turn right to go down this road, and then the bar's at the end of the road, basically. And there's like a like a like a camper dealership where there's some yes. kind of like something RV, RV thing around yeah. there, whatever. And so, but we, so we're driving down there and like halfway down, there's a guy standing there with a, with a, with a, with colors on colors are the uh, uniforms at the biker gang. And it was a biker gang, not a biker party, a biker gang mm-hmm. party. I'm not going to mention which one. I don't want to come to my house and, and threaten my life. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, and he stops us. And so we stop and he said, he doesn't say, Hey guys, how's it going? You know, he's like, what do you want? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, we're the, we're the band. We're the Jesse Dayton band. We're, we're playing at seven and it's, and we're just kind of here to load in. He's like, pull over right here and get out of the van. Okay. So we pull over and get out of the van and he frisks us. He's like, Put your arms out. Why? I'm going to check you for weapons. Oh, okay. You know, pat down, go to that table over there. So we walk over to this table over there. IDs. What? I want to see your licenses. All right. So we take out our IDs. They write down our name, our driver's license number. And they give us these, um, like L- lanyards. lanyards, right? And it says, it's got a big, I think, I think it had a big V on it or it said visitor or something like that. And it said, you display this. You don't take it off everywhere you go. It has to be visible. You can't tuck it in your shirt. You can't put it in your pocket. You have to wear it all the time. You understand? Yeah. I go, can we move the van closer to the stage to load in? Yeah, there's a parking spot over there for you guys. Well, that's the nicest thing anybody said all day. <clears throat> Get in the van. I think Jesse went to go kind of, I think he had a couple of friends that were there. And so he went, I'm going to go talk, say hi to so-and-so. You guys bring the van around. Fine. Let me and Rick get in the van. We get to where the parking spot is. And it's literally about as wide as your van meaning that on each side of it are motorcycles. And so your, our job is to back the car into this um, parking spot. And when you get out there, it, I mean, that's a parking lot, but it was full of bikes. Yeah. And then it's like this little side road that kind of went around and that was full of the, the, the road was just like a, like a two, you know, two uh, tire uh, lane kind of yeah. dirt road kind of thing. And so, and then it curved. And so the back end of the spot, you had to be really super careful. So Rick and I went, <laughs> to decide who was going to back the van up and whoever else wasn't going to do it was going to stand in yeah. the back and, and guide them. and get so, ready to run, get ready to run. So Without luckily it was just like, okay, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little more. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so we set up and we played and they really could have cared less. No one was paying attention at all. I mean, it didn't really matter. You know, it was just wow. entertainment. And I'm trying to think, 
who was playing after? I know that Wayne the Train Hancock was playing. So it was like a Friday, Saturday, yeah. kind of like come on Friday, camp out, you leave on Sunday kind of a thing. Yeah. And I did, we did hear a story shortly thereafter that whether it was Wayne played Friday or Saturday. So we played the gig. And as soon as we were done, me and Rick packed up all of our shit. And Jesse said, I'm going to stay. Great. We fucking hauled ass out of there because it was creepy. I mean, it was like not feared for your life, but you knew that if something went wrong, it was going to be bad for whoever yeah. it was, whoever, whoever, you know, whoever got involved. So we have something at the door. I think I locked the door. Sorry. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hang on. To be continued. No, I'll just let it run because I have to stop all three of them. Yeah. I'll edit it out later. Puppy dog. And we're back. So, yeah. so after the gig, um, Jesse wanted to stay because he had, he had a buddy there and they were going to hang out and drink and they were going to stay in Houston and then they were going to get home. I think the guy rode his, bis- his bicycle, his motorcycle, and either Jesse was going to ride home. I don't, I don't Anyway, he, he, yeah. he had to figure it out. So me and Rick you know, packed up as quick as we could. Bye. And left because it was just weird. So the the, end, the, the epilogue of that story was it was fucking scary um, playing the show and just like trying to play the show and making sure the badge was. And I, I think at one point, either Jesse or his friend Jeff, who was kind of his friend, was kind of a clown. Thought he was a biker guy, but like, you know, like wore like the tight leathers and yeah. wore a rice ro- drove a, uh, 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 Kawasaki runner. or whatever. Yeah. Thing. Apparently he was a visitor, but he was there and his badge was tucked in his jacket. And, and one of the guys said, Hey, where's your badge? And he's like, it's right here. He's like, well, let me see it. He's like, I don't got to show you. And then it became kind of an issue with like a little pushing, a little shoving, like what the fuck is wrong with you? Kind of a thing. Keep, you know, blah, blah, blah. But we also heard that I think it was Wayne to train Hancock, whether it was Friday night or after us, we heard that there's somebody in his band got into some fisticuffs with one of the biker guys because of maybe the same thing, not showing their badges. But I don't like those kind of gigs because that's just like, it well, takes all the yeah, fun out of just, playing. It's right. just like, you, you're worried about, you know, doing, following all these rules just to save. So someone doesn't want to beat you up. And, um, and, uh, it doesn't make, make the gig any fun. No, you know, and some people, as, as we've seen, just, you know, want, want to, uh, they, they're only there for the fight. They're not there for the fun. They're there for that's to, their to, fun to, to make. Yeah, yeah, they're there to fun. make it's their just, own. It's not just hang out, listen to music, and drink and smoke and whatever. It's yeah, hang out, listen to music, drink, smoke, and fuck somebody. Else. Yeah. So anyway, that's the Wildcatter story. So what? so, um, yeah, but it was just weird that it was just like, like if any cars drove like us, like driving in, they like stopped you like halfway. Bikes, oh come on in, no problem. But cars, what do you want? Yeah, you know, uh, just go to work. Yeah. You know? <laughs> wow. So, and again, this is, was when that place was a different establishment. Different, yeah, it's not Wildcat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry, Just Wildcatters. Just so people know. <laughs> I'm not giving you, no, 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 no I'm, not, I'm not dissing Wildcat, Wildcatters, yeah. I'm sure, is a fine establishment. It's obviously changed because um, I've seen pictures of it online and it's completely different. Yeah. It's the same spot, but it looks completely different than this. This yeah. place is more like, it almost looked more like a clubhouse yeah. with a bar. And I, 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 but I guess it was a venue. But I know that Wildcatters has been actually having, when we had shows, I actually had a couple like fairly well-known kind of C-level yeah. band showing up there and like yeah. doing like kind of big shows. Like I think Jackal actually, I think Jackal was playing there. Yeah. 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 Chainsaw. I don't even look that guy up. The guy with the chainsaw. Jackal? He plays with a chainsaw on stage. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I vaguely remember that. 
Yeah, Jackal. They were sort of like it was, a, the, it was, it was the other lumberjack song. <laughs> <laughs> they were kind of they got kind of lumped into the hair metal novelty kind of category, kind of towards the end of the hair metal thing. I think. Yeah. Well, the guy had to take a chainsaw out to be to be be relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Cut up like a metal. (laughs) I mean, a a wooden stool on stage or some fucking thing. That's stupid. Wow. He's the guy. He's the Gallagher of rock. Gallagher of (laughs) the Gallagher of hair metal. Yeah. That might be the title. (laughs) He's he's coming back. So yeah. But um, it is watermelon. That's that. But my friend, uh, my friend uh, Bob again, Bob Robert Earl. Mills from up north had another question for us. Hi, Robert. Hello, Robert. Hello, Bob. Thanks for listening. I was going to ask if this was another Bob question. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's sort of, that's the one I sent you guys yesterday. Um, yeah. It's sort of a playoff of, you know, we talked about a couple weeks ago about like artists who we thought should have been bigger. Yeah. Um, uh, because of their career or whatever. So, his question, I guess he, I guess he's just read the, yeah, I think he just read the Rod Stewart six ounces of biography and the, uh, and the Elton John biography and he said in both biographies they mentioned leon russell as a as a uh, as an inspiration it, yeah or 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 someone that they, look, they looked up to to, to be kind of like him yeah and leon of course wrote a bunch of great songs but maybe he's not as well known to a lot of people because either his career just didn't get as big as it could have been or his um his songs that have been covered have been, have been covered by more popular artists and, and their versions are more popular than him so the question is um, who do we think are some musicians, musicians, like musicians know who these guys are, mm-hmm. but maybe the overall general public doesn't know yeah. who they are. And, yeah. and, and these musicians, musicians would be someone that is obviously inspirational to other musicians mm-hmm. uh, and also very influential as well. Yeah. And any genre, right. any category. Yeah. Yeah. Who would Go. like to start? <laughs> <laughs> who would like to start? I have the first, the first, I, literally the first guy who came to mind. David Byrne. No. <laughs> he just does not get enough credit. Um, from me, no. Uh, Arthur Crudup. Do you know, either of you guys know I know that name. Why do I know I'm that name? I'm just asking to prove a point. <laughs> Why do I know that name? Arthur Crudup wrote That's All Right Mama. Oh, so we're going for this breakthrough hit. Okay. Yeah. What else did he write? Not well. That was it. That was it. Well, he, it. he also wrote "My Baby Left Me," and there's another third song of his that Elvis did too. I can't remember the name of. But the point, my point is that a lot of people don't know uh, who he is, uh, and like a lot of those early blues guys, he was just got screwed over by bad deals and stuff. From that song alone, that's right, Mama. He should have been a millionaire sure. after, after Elvis covered it, and uh, because he didn't own the rights to the publishing, he never got a cent. Yeah, you know, he, he had a late in his life. He got a couple of uh, like maybe ten thousand dollars or some pittance of a Dang. settlement, you know. And but anyway, uh, he's just one of those one of those guys that I, I just not, not not enough people know about him. And a lot of a lot of people from that era, there's there's a there was a lot going on that just isn't talked about when you talk about the beginning of rock and roll. You know, you, people usually start with Elvis and Chuck Berry and Little Richard, and there's whole lot that was going on before that of course. the other the other person that came to mind was uh somebody i never knew about until she just popped up on youtube one day was uh sister rosetta tharp you, you know her yeah yeah you ever heard of her no guitar player she was primarily sort of a gospel singer performer but the reason why she's really noteworthy is that she was a really good guitar player not just any guitar, electric guitar and she played blues and gospel 
But when she played guitar, it, it was rock. Uh, you know, you just watch her. She was just the riffs. She had, she played with distortion, you know, before a lot of other people did. Um, I don't know if she was the first, but she was among the first to use distortion, you know, musically uh, on electric guitar. And she was an electrifying performer. Mm-hmm. She incredible voice. I mean, that alone would have been enough to, to solidify her place in history, but she was a, a really, really animated performer, but her guitar playing was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> she, she was, was really good. Yeah. I think she was better than Chuck Berry on, on her chops, you know? So you'd yeah. have to, to see her to, 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 to get it. But, but a lot of she doesn't get enough credit, but the people who, who came, the people that we always think of as starting rock and roll, whom I already mentioned, Presley, uh, Little Richard, Chuck Berry, all those guys, even Johnny Cash, they all knew who she was. Mm-hmm. And Little Richard especially actually encountered her when he was young, and he, she actually had him come up and sing with her one time, and that was one of, his, one of his first tastes of performing outside the church and actually getting paid to perform and so forth. That was kind of a watershed moment for him, nice. thanks to her. But uh, she, she's just never mentioned and she, a lot of, a lot of things that happened really crucial moments in rock history just wouldn't have happened if it wasn't. Yeah. I think, I think any guitar player from the, from the middle eight fifties, uh, cites her as a, as an influence. Yeah. Any, every guitar player, yeah. every yeah. electric guitar player, whether it's, um, Carl Perkins or even early, the early George Harrison's and the John Lennon's mm-hmm. and the Paul McCartney's, you know, look to her as well. I mean, everybody, yeah. those guys were playing guitars in the fifties. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So and she, I mean, she did pretty well. I mean, I mean, she she definitely didn't have as as much bad luck as somebody like Arthur Crudup did. Um, but uh, you know, she did have to put up with, you know, oh, you play guitar like a man, you know, and stuff like that. Well, the, yeah, which is one of the reasons why most people don't even know who she is. You know, it's just damn. Which people would say that to me? <laughs> <laughs> you play like a man. Yeah. But anyway, she's yeah. she's fantastic. I mean, I, I was just when I first saw her, I was like, how have I never heard of her before? She's amazing. So yeah, that is everybody needs to check her out. You're, you're, if you've never heard of her, your 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 mind is going to be blown. So anybody from the modern era, uh, last thirty years maybe forty years, who who isn't getting enough credit? You, you can think of last thirty years. Yeah, well, okay. Well, maybe not thirty years. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, just, but uh, and this this guy probably he he's more of a cult figure. Um, there's a guy named Scott Walker who was, I only know, I only know about him because he was a major influence of David Bowie's. And the reason I found out about him was he, he was a guy who, uh, brought, um, Jacques Brel's, those, those English translations of Jacques Brel, a French songwriter. Uh, there were some translations that were being done for a stage play in the late sixties that he found out about through Andrew Lou Goldham, who worked with Rolling Stones. He was friends with Andrew, I guess. Um, and he found out about that. And Andrew played him the, the, the mixes of that before this show was going live. And, and Scott Walker was just blown. His mind was blown by, you got to let me record these songs. Um, but anyway, so the, I think that was on his first record too. His very first solo record. He was in a band called the Walker brothers before that Walker, again, not his real name, mm. sort of like the Ramones, I guess. Um, but, uh, that, that album, uh, clearly you go and listen to that. It's really easy to hear what a huge impact that had on Bowie at the time. Cause Bowie at that point in his career, he was just, trying to figure out what he was going to do. He, yeah. he was just trying everything. How much he was going to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, Scott Walker had, had this really kind of low baritone voice. And if you think about Bowie's, Bowie had a lot of different characters that he would do, but there's that, uh, the, low, the low kind of baritone crooner mm. that he had. A little bit of that, I think, came, came from Bing Crosby and singers like that, but quite a bit of it came from Scott Walker, I think. Interesting. 
And, uh, but the reason why I hesitated to say him is because I you think if it didn't get enough recognition. I think Scott got as much recognition as he really wanted. <laughs> people, most people will listen to his stuff and it might be a little too challenging for him. A little, little, little difficult listening. Cause he was kind of one of those more edgy artists who was, but he, he continued to influence Bowie too. Cause in the seventies, he did a lot of really strange experimental stuff that clearly had influence in Bowie cause Bowie went off in strange experimental direction in the late seventies too, after Scott did. Sure. So anyway, but yeah, he's, he's one of those kind of people that most people don't know about, but there's maybe a reason for that, you know, cause he was just kind of, kind of strange. Um, nice. Then, yeah. So, so what you got? Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I, I think everybody that got their, you know, got their Jews, got it. <laughs> to hell of it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's Arthur it. Crudup, sister, sister Marizetta. And yeah. Scott I don't, Walker says, uh, no, I don't, I don't, even, I don't even think they deserve it. No. Yeah. So I, no, I think of people like Jim Dandy, you know, that, that of course, you know, that's, I, I go back to the, I just go and, and looking at the performance side of it. You know, I just think that because David Lee Roth spawned so much, you know, the stuff that I listened to and his was a direct, direct take from, from the Jim Dandy performers thing I, you know and as far as the tracing the music back to you know i i, I just I, I just think that that lyrically like people like tom waits and dylan were stolen from and borrowed from and mirrored and you know it's just those those artists and stuff that took their stuff, you can find it you can find the trace you can trace it back to them but you know I, 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 you know the uh the you know, when I think of Little Richard and how little he he was mentioned when Elvis when Elvis's career was mm-hmm. just everything was you know it was worldwide and inescapable. I think uh, that was the, that was the, the 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 biggest cloud over over rock and rolls that it was all this guy and this guy was just able to take it up and run with it. Hey, are we all drinking out of Elvis mugs? Yes, we are. Yeah. Where's yes. our little Richard mugs? Come on. I know. We need to get some. I know. Look at that. Well, they're, they're tiny. They're only this big and they got, um, very dainty. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they, you know, so, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm just going straight for, to the performance side of it. You know, I, I don't, I don't think, you know, people like, uh, um, you know, I, I just think that rock and roll is, 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 is just this massive, pile that people just steal from just you know so well there's a, there's a famous quote that steve jobs uh i think it was steve jobs who said it that said uh good artists what's something about great, great artists steal i think there's it's good artists something and you nailed it yeah you nailed it <laughs> cut print wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah well who you got oh, okay. well i mean there's i mean there's uh, a lot, and there's one. I mean, there's one band I mentioned before in the show called NRBQ and um, New New Rhythm and Blues Quartet. NRBQ, they've been around for a thousand years, but I just from knowing that band, uh, that some friends of mine up north, my buddy Steve McBride, um, a huge fan of NRBQ. Very quirky, very weird. You know, it's just uh, uh, guitar, bass, drums, and and keyboard, a couple singers. Two of the guy, the drummer and the bass player were bro- were brothers. So the drummers passed on since then. Um, but um, to hear the amount of musicians that cite them as influences is shocking. I mean, because they're 
And they're not that well. I mean, they're not well known at all. I mean, they're just not. I don't know any of their stuff. I've heard of them many You've heard times. You've the name, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Alan and those, uh, the, the, banana, the Banana Blender guys are uh, big fans of theirs. You yeah. Because it's, it's got a unique feel to it. Um, and it, some of the songs are quirky and they're funny and they're just kind of strange, you know. But um, as far as musicians, you know, they're fantastic musicians. Yeah. And they've influenced everybody from, you know, Bonnie Raitt to... To I mean tool and I mean anybody I mean, every everybody all the way through everybody all yeah. you know through through anybody so they're they're one to check out and again they're, I mean I don't even know if they still even exist anymore because um, half the band was dead and they were broken up and and so and so's got cancer now or whatever so so they were of course I always go back to Todd because you know Todd um, that's a good one yeah Todd his influence was so huge in the early seventies and then once he pulled you know it's like it's like him and Bowie. And a couple other just handful of people that are like, I want to make music for me. I'm not, I'm not making it for anybody else but me. And I think Bowie was kind of that same way too, because because as many directions as he went, I want to do this now. I want to do this now. I mm-hmm. want to do this now. It wasn't about pleasing a fan base or no. pleasing a record company. It was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling like this now. And and yeah. Todd was, I mean, if you look at the, the the records he put out, I mean, all the way, I mean, every record he's put out is just like. Okay, that one's cool. Yeah. This one, kind of challenging. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure about that. And he even admits it. He even says, Yeah. He's like, Todd has said in interviews, he said something like, um, I'll put out a record because um, I want to do this. He's like, I know my hardcore fans will stay with me. He's like, and then I'll put out another record that they might like a little bit more. Yeah. You know, but he said basically the same it's thing. The same thing, fans, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, his, I mean, and it's not that, you know, if you, and, and the funny thing is, and this is going to sound really weird. But the biggest, uh, the Todd's biggest influence has been on um, Daryl Hall. Because if you listen to Daryl Hall in the seventies, you, you can tell that he's ripping off a lot of Todd, a lot of Todd's vocal styles, yeah, and a lot of his pop sensibilities. You know, and it's true because they came, they both came from the same area up in Pennsylvania. And, well, that, that doesn't huh. sound silly at all. That, that, that actually makes rivals, a lot of sense. Because you know, and- we see it firsthand here. When I first came to town, there was a band called, we called Texas Heat something, but they were a, a, a band that we used to hire at, at, at some of the places I, I worked. And I saw their influences, which is kind of, I, I don't know where they, that was one of the first bands I saw, but then I also saw the local bands kind of doing the same thing because those guys were drawing a crowd. So they did the same thing. And there was, so you could see that it was, it's, it's like a Springsteen on a meatloaf song. So it's, if you're ever unfortunate enough to be in the middle of a meatloaf song, you'll hear. Produced by Todd Rundgren. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first but, record. But you'll hear those similarities. And be like, whoa, how did that? Yeah. The, 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 those, those storyteller piano based songs with these incredible grooves back then. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it, it's it's so easy to to pinpoint where that came from, and so so then back to the Houston music scene back in the early '90s when I came in town and I saw those bands, great performers, decent decent songwriters. The the the, the CDs. This is this was the the horrible thing about music back then, <laughs> where so, so you, if you bought their cassette or their CD at their show. You bring it home was nothing like the show you just saw. Right. So very, very watered down kind of an eighties mix. Although this is the nineties still, they're still using that eighties technique for their, 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 their original stuff. And you get home and it's this watery 
do terrible drum sound. Just, yeah. just all just candy coated. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Y- yeah. And and so you take the you know, coaster, no, you got you gotta get it out of your sight. You don't want to be caught with that stuff. <laughs> you don't want to be you know, you know, your apartment raided and have that found in your possession. Um so 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 yeah, that that's that that was the extent of my where did that come from? I didn't mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. uh, so to to piggyback oh piggyback does that word again on that I know that we've all the three of us have um, different influences as far as let's just say our particular instrument yes obviously you play guitar and bass so mm-hmm. you have you have kind of maybe a double thing but I mean are there any we all have obvious influences you know maybe I don't know guitar player Shirley, Shirley Bassey huh no what um. Guitar player, Ingve, Ingve. Oh no, you like the you like the Ingve J Momstein stream, stream, Unigwe. You say it right, Unigwe J Momstream. Yeah. Um, no, but you know what I mean. Like, we, yeah. there's a few. There's a, like maybe like a handful of guitar players. You're like, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy, this yeah, girl, sure. whatever. Drums the same way. But is there anyone that is kind of like, again, someone that no one probably knows? That yeah, maybe we think that should be a little bit more well known. As that's one of your personal influences. Well, I've mentioned him on the show before, but as a bass player, Klaus Warman, uh, who was a Klaus session. Warman plays bass. Yeah, I guess he does, right? Yeah, yeah. He was. That's the one of the things that the Madam that I just love is that he's such a versatile artist. But yeah, he when he met the the Beatles in in a sorry John in a <laughs> in a uh, in Hamburg. Uh, I think he was main. I think he already played guitar, but it really wasn't his main thing. He was he was a visual artist, um, as you know. You know, he did the cover to Revolver, and anyway. Uh, but at some point, and I don't know what the whole story is, but he went on to pl- to learn how to play bass, and he joined Manfred Mann. Uh, he was with them for several years, and then in the seventies, he became a session player. Uh, and he played on pretty much every Beatles solo record. He played on All Things Must Pass, George Harrison. He played on on Imagine, John Lennon, he played on Plastic on a Band, and a bunch, bunch of Georgia stuff, almost every, well, not everyone, but most of Georgia stuff throughout the 70s. And he played with Carly Simon, he played with Harry Nilsson. But his, his, his style of bass was very distinctive, very understated, but really tasteful, and uh, always in the pocket, and kind of, pl- kind of playful at the same time. And so he he definitely had an influence on my playing big time. But a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people don't even know that he played yeah, bass. Yeah, I forgot that. And he hasn't done it. He he kind of packed it in after the seventies. He's just been doing art, uh, doing painting and stuff since then. Um, but yeah, that's the is main. It true? Is it true that he had Stuart Sutcliffe killed? No, <laughs> Klaus. No. <laughs> I want to start a new rumor. <laughs> well, the the, the 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 ugly rumor that was started was that that with with Stu is that because he died from a head they think from a head injury that he sustained during a fight after a Beatles gig. And some, there are some, some ugly, no, with Klaus, 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 even there. Klaus von Bulow Warman. <laughs> some, some ugly people. It's, and I think it's in a, what's, what's his name? Uh, gold, Goldman, Albert Goldman, Albert Goldman, the guy who wrote that really nasty. Shitty book book John Lennon. Yeah. There, there's some, some people have accused John, that John Lennon kicked him in the head, which there's no proof during anal sex. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know what the hell happened with that story there. <laughs> Stu Sutcliffe, by the way, in case you don't know, was the, they know who he is. Yeah, no, they don't. The Beatles' original bass player. 
bass Houdin. player. Yeah, he wasn't much of a He musician. might have owned a bass. Again, he was a visual artist, too. He's seen a bass in the, in the Sears catalog. Yeah. Yeah. Stu was somebody, if he, had he survived, he probably would have been doing a lot of the Beatles cover, uh, album covers. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of Klaus, probably. So who knows? Well, there you go. We'll anyway. never know. Okay. Anyway. So who, about me. What about you for that question? Um, guitarist or singers? Or that, any instrument, yeah. Yeah, really. That people don't know about. We talked about Rory before, and that's that's definitely true in the States. A lot of people don't know who Rory is, unless you're a blues guitar player. Yeah. I mean, well, a, a lot more people, that was that was the, the part that surprised me. More people know Rory Gallagher than I thought would know Rory Gallagher. And as far as, I, well, he, he, he's, he's huge among guitar players, but I think Gary Moore would probably be one of my, uh, I'll tell you this, Gary Moore would be easily one of my first guitar players where, where I saw the versatility of rock, blues, kind of jazz sometimes. And, Definitely had always carried that Irish tone throughout. I just had uh, just borrowed a baritone guitar from our friend Rick Gillis, and um, uh, for one of the recordings that we're going to do hopefully this week, um, and the uh, w- w- when when Rick had heard some of the original stuff that we were working on, we were listening to it, and he said that the Irish is throughout because a lot of stuff didn't have fiddle on it yet, and. He said it's it's just got Irish throat, which I didn't I didn't know. I guess that's how. I, so so I think Gary Moore would probably be um, would probably be uh, one of those people yeah. that that definitely scarred me as far as uh, as far because I saw him play a bunch of times in, in Dublin and uh, just the 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 dexterity of the guy's finger. So 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 that he, in an interview he said that his first guitar the. The, the strings were way, way, way off the fretboard, and they were very heavy strings. So he he learned at a young age to really strengthen his hand um, w- when he was playing. And you watch the dexterity and the speed that this guy plays with, and the precision. It's not, I'm I'm sloppy. I'm I'm purposefully sloppy when I play. <laughs> he is just blisteringly fast, ungodly quick. But his the dexterity the 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 amount of real estate that he covers on a it's just and again a lot of the times you don't want that you don't want that million note thing but when you hear it played with such precision and such poetry and such you know it's 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 wonderful wonderful to watch and listen to and it's a guy's full of music and while it's full of music and uh, so I guess Gary Moore would probably be one of my and he was uh, in UFO too right was he in UFO. I uh, don't no. think so. He no. he played with a bunch of, he played with. Uh, uh, Definitely a journeyman in between yeah. his own stuff and the Thin Lizzy stuff. Yeah. And I mean, he's done a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, his his first band is Skid Row in, in a band called Skid Row, not the shit that we're used to over here, but a um, uh, band out of, out of Dublin with a, uh, so we, we knew of his, of his early, his early, he's always brilliant, always very very fast, very but articulate, and you know, got the point. And uh, Peter Green was his was his hero, and of course Gary uh, uh, Roy Gallagher as well. So there was a, a lot of cross pollination. Peter Green from Fleetwood, no? yeah, yeah, yeah. He he gave him the the Les Paul, I think that he played. Uh, still got the blues on or something like that. There was a 
Yeah. That's another thing that most people probably don't know is that before <laughs> most people know Fleetwood Mac because of rumors and everything yeah. that happened after that. Yeah, there's a whole couple incarnations they of that were, they band. They were a completely before, different band before, before that. Yeah. Before yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And Peter Green was genius and he just kind of had a mental breakdown or something, I think. Right. Well, if you work with Mick Fleetwood, you're going to have a mental breakdown. Oh, is he an asshole? Boy, that, no, I'm just saying that boy's that boy's crazy. That band has a lot of problems. It, it seems like they're just always fighting. They're still going. From the, yeah. Who's well, playing? Who's playing with them now? Well, this this was. I almost was going to bring this up in a previous show. Uh, Neil Finn from Crowded Finn, House right. yeah. was was recruited really quickly because they, they had a, a world tour put together, and right at in the later late stages of that planning for that tour, uh, they fired um, Lindsey Buckingham. Lindsay, yeah. So weird. And. Uh, and then brought in, brought in Neil to take his place. And this is one of those things that seems so strange to me because Neil is one of those cult artists now. I mean, Friday House was pretty big in the day, but he, he's kind of had a, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do kind of thing sure. since then. It hasn't really been in the charts or anything. What's Starts, his brother's name? Uh, Tim Finn. Tim Finn, that's right. Yeah, the, the Finn brothers together. Right. They're, they're great together, too. Tim- just, Timothy Finnegan seem- is his full name. <laughs> To me, that to me, I, I when I heard that, I likened it to like, what if John Lennon joined Three Dog Night or something? It just makes just doesn't just make any sense to me. Well, why, how those two things go together? I haven't even heard any of it, but they're apparently I, they were playing some some crowded house and um, split ends songs. Split ends was the band that both the Finn yeah. brothers were in earlier. So hmm. I don't know. It's kind of strange. Wacky. I, you can't really replace Lindsay. I don't understand why. And I, I'm not a huge. Uh, Fleetwood Mac. That's another, no, another band that was yeah. heavily overplayed when we were yeah. growing up. Oh yeah, but they're great songs. But and he's a great guitar player and all that stuff. But yeah, no chicks in the band. That's why. That's what that they'll yeah. fuck everything up. No I, offense, ladies. But. I really didn't intend to talk about Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but I, but it's true. I mean, a lot of people don't know that but Peter Green was sort Did of. Did you make Campbell kind of play for uh, who? Uh, Campbell from Tom Petty. Didn't he play with Fleetwood Mac for a bit? That's right. He that's that's the part I was forgetting. They they replaced Lindsay with with two people. Yeah, with, with yeah, Neil Finn. I was going to say and, Neil Finn and, couldn't. Yeah, couldn't. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's not. A, he's and not a lead, lead player. guitar player. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's a doubly strange. <laughs> so you're. So what? They're using they're using Neil as like harmony vocal and rhythm guitar, lead vocal, and, and then yeah. what's his name is playing other guitar. Or yeah, not? lead guitar. Well, Neil's more of a rhythm player. He can play lead, but he's. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, Neil's more rhythm and vocals probably. Than yeah. Anything. Yeah. 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 I'd prefer to hear Rick Allen play lead guitar than Hell yeah. <laughs> clang, clang, clang. Wait. <laughs> clang, clang, clang. <laughs> oh, to hell with us all. So who's yours? I've heard Rick Allen's very nice. Or he's a very nice man. So I can't speak for the rest of Def Leppard, but yeah. I've heard he's very nice. Oh. Yeah. I was about to ask you who Rick Allen was. He's a yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Enough said. Uh, so what's the question? Unsung drum heroes, man. All my guys that I like are all off the beaten path. Yeah. People say, who's your favorite drummer? Richie Hayward. Who's that? Little feet. Who's that? You know, that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know, Levon Helm. I mean, if you're a drummer, you, you know who Levon Helm is sure. yeah. from the band, you know, you, yeah. we know, we know who he is. A lot of guys know who he is. Ringo, obviously, Al Blaine, you know, Lars. stuff like that. Um, Vinny more than Carmine, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Carmine. Oh, Carmine. You know, uh, anybody says Carmine's not any good. They're 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 talking through their ass. He's, no, 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 no. He's great. Yes, I he's know, great, but he great, doesn't but, have to be your favorite. I just, yeah. I need him to be in that, and I need Brian Downey. Sorry, yeah, it's fine. Is it, my, is it your list or my list? 
your list. Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, uh, but no, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that I mean, I just I, I, I look at you look at to influence, but you may not ever play like them. You know, like Gene, absolutely. I mean, well, Gene Krupa obviously is famous, so that doesn't really count. I mean, yeah. he's like one of my. But I hear, I hear Stewart in your playing. I hear. Uh, I'm not. I'm not even a huge. Uh, yeah. But I, I, when I say fan, I don't mean like I don't like him. I, I love Stuart Copeland. I love his playing, but I don't seek out no I, the I, police to listen. And to That's it, good you know? because you don't want to. You don't want a uh, uh, what was their name? Oh, the name's escaping me now. Sting. Uh, uh, you don't want a sublime drummer in a Ooh. in a. You know what I mean? You know the in, in in a in a straight straight ahead rock and roll band. You want a well, no, yeah. You you, you, you want a guy with soul. You want a guy with you know. Well, I mean, so, and I think the thing about, I mean, I guess it's about any instrument too, but no matter what style you play, you want to be kind of a little bit, a little versatile. So maybe a little, little Stuart here for that one thing and maybe a little bit of Levon for this thing and maybe yeah. a little bit of Vinny Apice for this thing and maybe a little bit of Brian Downey for that thing and a little Peter Chris for what? Oh, what? No, no, what? no, 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 <laughs> no. You just Although took Eric a- Carr though. Eric Carr, um, when, when Eric Carr played for Kiss, that, that kid was something special. He was really fucking good. Yeah. I've and, seen some drum solos, yeah, separated and, and, from. But just the way his drum sounded, I mean, yeah. he, he he basically turned that band back into a rock band because they were off in La La Land for so long. And he when he came into play, no, no, I play rock drums. See all the drums I have that I can actually play, know yeah. how to play. I even have double kick drums. Yeah, yeah. He 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 brought the rock back to that band, whatever that was. So, and then Eric Singer is playing for him now, and he's he's fine. But yeah, that band just needs to go away. Needs to retire. <laughs> Talking about the kids. Yeah, like 30 years ago. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yes, and in and, 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 and your, and it, it's crazy the amount of time that we've spent playing together and the amount of hours that you've spent playing music, period. It's just, you lose track of where your influence came from. I, I don't think it ever leaves you, but I, uh, I was listening to, I was watching, some Mark Knopfler from 2015, 2013, you know, different tours that the YouTube has these two hour long shows. And I just, I like to have the music in the background and I like to have the, 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 the different albums. Cause it's a, it's a featuring, obviously featuring the different records from that year. And not only is the sound tremendous, but it's, it's the, you you when you go back through those times you know and uh from golden heart or from for whatever record it was or um uh, sailing to philadelphia whatever that m- moment was you just especially in my case too i i remember how many ideas were lifted out of just listening to that now yeah. when i'm playing you don't hear it cuz it's it's just blurry and messy and loud and thing but there's so many times where it kind of Oh yeah, I remember. I remember how that that came. That was born, you know. And those those songs were playing in the car as we drove across country, you know, for the thirtieth time that, that that year. And uh, those influences never leave. They 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 uh, that they they become part of your DNA. And, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's I think that's a big part of how we learn too. Is when when we're starting out and how we learn, we fucking just steal shit right off the right off the record. Yeah. We have to. Yeah, because yeah. that's how you build a vocabulary, and then yeah. you take that thing you stole, and then you change it. You move it a note. You change the rhythm. You you play with it. You work with it till it becomes something different. And I mean, that's I mean, yeah. Every every new thing that I learned from a record when I was a kid, like I was so excited because I could learn. Oh, I learned how to play that drum fill. 
or I learned how to play that drum beat. And then you just play it over and over again and then you morph it and then it becomes something else yeah. that yeah. It becomes your own. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, this is the so-and-so's famous drum break. That's Ringo's famous drum break from the end. But if you just push it around a little bit and change the voicings on the drums, then it becomes a whole new inspired by. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. So and that's so important as yeah. a young player. Yeah. Just starting out is, 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 is stealing shit. Yeah. And yeah. then make it your own. But well, the quote I was trying to remember earlier is actually attributed to Pablo Picasso. Steve Jobs said it later. It was, good artists borrow, great artists steal. It's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, yeah. but it's kind of, of what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But, and also, I, I, I do want to mention Horse Lips. When, when, when you listen to Thin Lizzy and when you listen to the progression of what became Irish rock across the, well, across the globe, yeah. uh, start with Horse Lips and you just kind of figure out where this because they were they were into all that glam rock stuff too it was funny to watch because that was they made gary glitter look like a like a like an accountant you know they just they they had they they had so much stage presence and their music was so steeped in irish folklore and and they 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 really did they 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 lit a fire Mm -hmm. and then they're still doing stuff still yeah another band another band that just needs mentioning in that uh, vein is is or not in that vein, but uh, uh, from Ireland is Stiff Little Fingers. Yes, where so many bands were directly the 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 the, the biggest band to date is has been Green Day, lifting their stuff, and it's it's I, I think Green Day is doing I, I think they do great work whether you like them or not I think they're I think they're they're doing exactly what they were supposed to do. I think right. I've actually heard that. They may have mentioned Stiff Little Fingers and Yeah, they should. In one of their interviews. I mean, they I should. don't know. But, yeah. See? Yeah. it's how it works. Yeah. Also, that made me think also, too, of the undertones. The, yeah. Uh, nobody here knows who yep. they are. But they had some great, as far as punk rock goes, they had some really great stuff. Virgo Sharkey. Yeah. Yeah. Virgo Sharkey is really active on, uh, and, and, and I think he's active in Irish politics. I, I follow him on Twitter. He's pretty oh, active I on there. Know. Yeah. I didn't know. He's, I don't think he's doing music anymore, but he's, he's, uh, He's out there. <laughs> yeah. He's a public figure. I know that much. Yeah. Um, well worth the research. Well worth So there it. you go. So all of our fans listening, you now have a homework, a whole list of people to go yeah. dig up. Yeah. I have one more. Oh, good. I just thought of. They were. Um, no. Fishbone. Fishbone? Fishbone. Do you know them? Of course I know them. Yeah. Do you know okay, So them? no, no. I'm going to say. To what? For what? Is it influence the people? A well, band that people they, don't know? they they came up around the same time that Little Living Color did, and uh, Living Color, of course, made it hit it. Really, yeah, those big. are two completely different genres, though. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, Fishbone was, but they, they but they both had this kind of uh, funk rock thing that they were doing. Fishbone, of course, went everywhere. They did a lot of ska and well, some heavy metal too, stuff, yeah. you know, hardcore stuff, yeah. right? But to me, I th- they. To me, when I when I you know I, I discovered Living Color like most most of us did from watching MTV because they were everywhere at the time when uh, you know uh, that record came out. Uh, uh, was that Cult of Personality the, the big hit they had? And then a friend of mine, because he knew I liked Living Living Color, played me Truth and Soul, which is their the I think maybe their first record. That's the only record of theirs I have. Which is amazing, and they they never really had a big hit, you know, like 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 uh, Living Color and other bands from that time. Yeah, they were big, and, but they had big a big and, influence on bands like oh, Red, yeah. Hot, Red Hot Chili Peppers and all yeah. these people who went on. Yeah. Hey, don't don't mention that. Then. I know, I I know, but but I'm saying that that's what I mean. They don't really get enough credit. 
Um, they're still around too. Big in the underground scene, big in the skate scene. All, all the skate, all the skaters uh, do. And that's how I found them. Yeah. Was through skateboarding. Uh, when I was a kid was, that's how I found Fishbone when I was younger. So, yeah. 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 So yeah, not, not a mainstream influence, but definitely influential and, in, and, in, in many other, and maybe a lot of folks, don't, they may, they may not live in color, like you say more, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two different genres. Living Color, man, I love that Vernon Reed. He's something else. Yeah. Ooh, Lord. That guitar solo on uh, Cult of Personality, yeah. God, just tears your fucking head off. Yeah. And, and, yeah, great tone. Oh, my God, yeah, what yeah. a great, great tone. And you yeah. see, you know, Muzz's pedal board. Have you ever seen that thing? I have never seen the his bass pedal, board, pedal no. board. No. He played at Jazz Fest a couple of years ago, and he was playing He was playing in some like kind of like super group kind of thing, Muzz, the bass player. From Living Color, and I remember, like, I think I took a picture of his board, and it's about as big as his couch. Have you seen Kevin Shields' uh, pedal board from uh, My Bloody Valentine? Uh, I can only imagine. Okay, well, it's the the floor space in this room <laughs> won't hold it. <laughs> He's got a pole to poke it, on the. It, it comes out in a pallet. It comes out on a. That's that's. that's I know. I don't. I know. I know. But you're able to lean into the sound and have it carry you. I guess at the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Don't they have like processors and shit for that now? You just like yeah. a rack thing. They do push a button. But that's to not what. That's toggle. not. That's not worth it. Isn't that the edges whole thing? Like I got the, all this shit to go. So stupid. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Are we done? We have more. I just want to stress too. Truth and Truth and Soul by Fishbone. You got to listen to that record. I was thinking about it now. Link to it, Chad. Link to it. I will. There it is. If I have time. I've been really bad with the show notes lately. Um, I was talking about how diverse their, their style was. That record is a really good example of that. Cause it just from one song to the next, it keeps changing. You know, there is a lot of ska on that record, but it's not, it, it ain't the kind of ska that you would expect for, if you're, if you're just familiar with bands, like, I don't know, like, uh, say it. Uh, I'll say it. What? Specials? No, that's fine. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who, who do you think I was going to say? Madness? Who? Madness. No, they're fine. Uh, like Madness. The other too, band. Yeah. That but that, from Boston. Fishbone. Yeah. But Fishbone took ska and kind of, <laughs> they did other, they did different things with it that most other ska bands didn't do. And, uh, but they don't just, they don't just play ska. They play other stuff too. That's, that's, I think that maybe one of the reasons maybe why they had a hard time being marketed, except for the fact that they were all black. Well, no, I, I just think that they were just and playing rock music. Yeah. Um, I think they found their audience. They didn't have to. They didn't have to go mainstream. They, yeah. you, know, you don't want them. You don't. You, want, you don't want to buy their records at fucking Walmart. They, they had. They had some, especially in Truth and Soul. There's a couple songs in there that I think could have been big hits. They were big. They were. They were played on MTV all the time. Yeah. I remember being seen them on MTV when I was younger. That's true. Back in my, back in but the I, '80s. I'm, I'm. I'm still frequently surprised that some people just don't know who they are. So it was a long time ago, I guess. Well, you said they're still. Years, just, just, just still they're still around. around. Yeah, but. These days, I didn't really mean this. Like, now that guy not only carries a cane, he uses it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they've had a lot of lineup changes, too. Um, anyway. Speaking of, speaking of Living Color, too, I don't think Muzz doesn't, isn't with Living Color anymore. Well, Living Color is didn't even together now, right? Yeah, they are. Are they? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were on tour a bunch. I remember some of that. What's that guy's name? Oh, Doug Wimbish. Oh, he took over from Muzz? That's that's who I'm talking about. Sorry, yeah, Doug Wimbish's pedal board was. Oh, okay, okay. Because I think Muzz oh, left Muzz after, like the first record. I'm sorry. After, well, I think he was in the second one. Yeah, and then Doug Wimbish. Is yeah, been, been he, he left early on. I guess. Yeah. 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 I saw and, them back in 1991. I think. And Will Will Calhoun. 
Oh yeah. You still with him? Oh yeah. God. It's the same 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 band. God, he's so good. God. Yeah. They uh they are um yeah, up until the pandemic, they were still touring. <clears throat> they're still playing out there doing their thing and tearing tearing heads off. They're great. They're just yeah. they're just Corey Glover's voice is still like it was, you know, now what, thirty years ago mm-hmm. when I saw him? Like, I, yeah. No more than that. He did an inter- interview with uh, Joseph Arthur recently on his podcast. So it's good stuff. Good listen. Star Platoon. That's I mean, right. Yeah. Corey Glover's in Platoon. Yeah. That was right around the same time. He, I think yeah, he, they were they were definitely like breaking and then, uh, and then they had to stick him in a movie. So, yeah. He yeah. tells, he tells the whole story of how living color got started in this interview. It's really fascinating. He's sung a couple of times with that band galactic out of uh, new Orleans with Stanton Moore's band. And, and uh, so Corey was a singer for that band for a while too. Okay. Yeah, doing some guest artist stuff like that. Cool. Good voice. Great voice. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Yeah. Next week we'll talk about, uh, the beat specials, madness, Selector, bad manners, and so on. We'll do a ska. Ska. I know yeah. nothing about ska, so I'll be. I'll, I'll sit English there beat. Yeah, no, I just no, they're they're just <laughs> called the beat back in the back right. in the day. Beat, but yeah, we just call them the beat. Fuck that. Anyway, so uh, but but uh, <clears throat> good good meeting, good chat, good talk. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Uh, this could have been an email, but fuck it, we're here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, good uh, washing hands and good. Yeah. Distance. Make sure you wear your masks. Good, make your mask Got time. Mask. Yeah. I was, this is usually what we tell you about upcoming shows, but. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Here we are. Yeah. So, yeah, mask up and take care of your neighbors, take care of yourself, and uh, thank you for listening. And please, 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 if you like it, tell a friend. If you hate it, tell an enemy. There you go. All right. Lovely to have you. And thanks for the coffee. And thank you, Greg. And thank you, everybody. And Mm -hmm. talk to you all very, very soon. Yes. All right. See you guys. guys.